the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad you're joining us here today. And you are in for a treat because we have one of my colleagues here with me today, Ellen Weaver-Paquette, who is a career counseling trainer. She trains career counselors and career development facilitators and has been doing that for many years. So Ellen has a background in career counseling, an international background as well, helping people from all types of backgrounds and all all regions of the world. So Ellen, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me, Maria. I appreciate the time. Yeah, so one of your areas of focus is around how family influences people's career decisions. And this is kind of a fun time to be talking about this. This may not be when you're listening to it, listener, but right now it's a holiday season in between uh, Thanksgiving here in the U.S. and, and Christmas time or Hanukkah, whichever people may celebrate. And it's that time when people are with family more. So this is a fun topic to be thinking about how family might influence our career decisions. So tell me a little bit about your work in and what you know about how important these career decisions, career conversations are when people are young. Well, let's start with your theme of around the family table at major holidays, where it's not just um, parents or uh, caregivers and children. We have several generations that may be around that table. We may have an extended family, aunts and uncles and cousins. We may have a whole house full of people, um, probably not all talking about career development, but it may well be a topic of conversation. Some of the work that I've done is an intergenerational uh, career development. So let me start with a, a common concept called when the lion roars. <laughs> and this is really when a parent, consistent caregiver, comes home from work and many times vents. Oh, this is wrong and that is wrong and something else is wrong and I'm all upset and everything's doom and gloom. And the young person just sits there. And they don't always understand the context, but they understand the velocity <laughs> and the volume that's happening. And in their heads, they say, I'm never going to do that. Onward, whatever that is, I'm, I don't I don't want to do that. That sounds, whatever it is, it sounds terrible. Now, in my state, we have many, many small family businesses with under 25 employees. And the legacy is for the next generation to take it over. So you can imagine what that little person must be thinking. Yeah. I don't want to do that, do anything other than that. Oh, because they hear the negativity. The parent 
finishes their rant, maybe eats their dinner, and then they're done with their outburst. But the outburst remains within the young person. They heard it, they internalized it. So we have that perhaps jaundiced point of view of how the world of work happens. And then there may be an elder who may not be in the workforce any longer. And they feel compelled to give their point of view, which now might be outdated or kindly, out of focus, or certainly very personal. Hmm. So somewhere in here, we need to ferret out some facts and find something that, I'll use a food analogy, cuts through the butter and allows a young person some vehicles or some ways to explore instead of just reacting. So the intergenerational studies is very interesting. Many times there is a tiebreaker, and I'll tell you who it is. It's grandma, because she knows her kids better than anybody. And she's able to say, now, don't listen to him. That's, that's, no, no, try something else. And many times there is a figure, well, oftentimes a maternal figure, but not necessarily, uh, that can right the boat and introduce some reason or some common sense because that person is invested in two generations. So they feel that's part of their role. That's interesting. And then thinking about how, you know, families come in so many different shapes and sizes today, that may be um, very different for some people, right? If they've got a family that looks very different, and it may be someone that is a friend of a parent or an aunt or an uncle, and so many other ways that people can see a wider view of what career might look like. And, um, and maybe for if it, it is, if a parent is listening to this, how might they help their children get a wider view if perhaps they don't have that extended family available? Well, you bring up a very important point, Marie, because many times the further a source is from the direct conflict of a parent and child, sometimes the more credible they can be. And they can say things that a parent really can't. So sometimes the parent will say with all good kindness, oh, just be whatever you want to be. I just want you to be happy which is great, but not overly helpful. Or perhaps they may steer the young person into an occupation that was known to the parent. But that may have changed a number of years ago. So one of the things we do in career counseling is to we form a career genogram or genogram, which looks a little bit like a... Uh, Ancestry.com that somebody sat on. It's not a big extensive tree with branches and trees and leaves and things. And really, at this point in time, to get to your point, we extend it. What do the cousins do? Does the teacher have a part-time job? What do the neighbors do? What do other community leaders do? Who have you seen doing what? 
And that usually broadens what the young person can be exposed to, really makes a difference. We then get into other subjects such as, well, what did that person want to be when they grew up? Getting into that everybody, many people, have dreams and aspirations. Some work out and some take another path that nobody really thought of at the time. So that gets us into some conversations about exploration uh, and what to do with that exploration and how to do it. Yeah, I'm also wondering about people who might be listening who are, you know, not young anymore and <laughs> thinking about how their career perceptions may still be somewhat limited by the the family messages that they've received. Um, what would you say to those individuals who, you know, maybe in the midlife and wondering if they are stuck because of some of those messages they received long ago? That's a process. That takes a little time for the person to consider their self-worth, their value, what was important them then, what's important now, and how the job market has just twirled around in ways that nobody thought would happen, whether their education was still relevant, whether their work experience is relevant, whether they really think they can go into something that they always wanted to or explore something very new. That takes fortitude to be able to look at yourself and then make the necessary changes. Thankfully, there are resources available to help, but that can be daunting, I think, to many people. Yeah, well, and sometimes just the realization that the reason you may consider specific careers or not may have to do with those early messages and not as much to do with reality <laughs> as we think it does, right? The, the starving artist or whatever it might be that you think you can't do, is that really um, based in, in fact, and current day, as you've said, current day reality, or is that based on some messaging that you received long ago? Yeah, it can be perceptions that one had as a child from what one heard and what one saw. Well, you're not a child anymore. So maybe those perceptions were a little bit skewed to begin with, and now they're very skewed in uh, contemporary society. And that is a truism in many of the societies I've worked with outside of the United States. Everybody grapples with this, right? or, or seems to. Yes. Well, and as you said earlier, the job market has shifted, but just the way careers are has shifted so much. And so the ideas of what career means to someone who is even over 40 is very different than what career is today and, and may mean to someone that's in their 20s. Yes. And we have, we live in a world of endless possibilities. Oops. <laughs> that that's equally scary to know that there are that many possibilities. Oh, I could be, and the list goes on. And having too many options is just as daunting as being restricted or perhaps perceiving some restrictions, we'll say that. 
Yes, yes. And so then we may try to limit our options um, by what we've heard, as you've said, in Mm -hmm. that family circle versus limiting them by research and self-perception, self-insight, self-awareness. And that can cause some challenges because we may be limiting some things out that would be a good fit because we are putting other people's perceptions first. And that can cause some problems. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about um, how to navigate reality. (laughs) We'll talk a little bit about what are some tools to use with children um, that they actually like, that they might find very, very useful. Excellent. Yes, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some of the tools and conversations that you might have with people in your life or maybe with yourself, (laughs) depending on, on who you are listening today, to make that career decision with the knowledge of your family history, but not necessarily feeling confined by it. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Connect with us and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Ellen weaver Paquette about your family, how it influences your career, and how if you are a parent or aunt or uncle or grandma or grandpa or someone that has influence in a young person's life, how you might be able to lead them along in some early career conversations. So Ellen, we've talked a little bit about the drop, the backdrop here, but let's talk a little bit more specifically. How can someone who is in an influential role for a young person, how can they have a a good conversation about career development with that young person? Well, I hearken back to the work of Donald Super, who very oftentimes substituted the word curiosity for career with young people. Nobody's making a decision early on. That's kind of silly. But to stimulate curiosity about the world around us and how one factor leads into another factor is very, very important and maintaining that objectivity. So put into your mind the image of, I'm just going to say a dad and a son, could be anybody else, walking along the beach where there's excellent Wi-Fi receptivity. Dad gets a telephone call. It's really important. It's really important. It's really important. I got to take this call right now. Takes the call. And in the meantime, the young person is left to his own devices. And they have a million questions. Why do the waves come in? Why don't they go out? Where do the seagulls go to sleep at night? Oh, look at that dead thing over there. A million questions. And the father just said, wait one minute, I'm on a telephone call. Wait one minute, I'm going to come back to you. And so usually the young person escalates their curiosity and many times runs right into the ocean because that's the best way to get anybody's attention is to run right to the ocean. Then the father escalates the response and says, no, 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 no. Now, there might have been other ways to handle that. Granted, incessant questions are not an easy thing to do. But that's a moment when an adult can interdisperse some answers, and that's a pretty critical conversation to have. So if you want to know why the young person isn't interested in environmental studies, maybe. So there's there's different examples of uh, extending the curiosity to the place that a child can accept it, not long-winded academic answers, but little bits and pieces of how the things work and how they are interrelated, keeping that curiosity going. So that's probably the main ingredient. Schools need to uh, keep a rein on some things, otherwise there's complete chaos. But in a family unit, uh, it's a different relationship. And the important person can uh, can answer questions, interject, make some correlations that really the school can't do. So I would say encourage curiosity. Don't worry about careers and not all that important, but how the world interrelates and where you are in it. Do you have any place at all 
in the world? Or do people that you know have any place in the world? So that's an open-ended response. And so some of our listeners might say, well, that, that, that's nice, but I need more. Okay. What I would hearken back to is the Harry Potter sorting hat. Where they put the hat on and then their school is identified. Well, we don't really use sorting hats sort of like that in careers. But we do have some assessments that form structure so something can be looked at. And that is John Holland's self-directed search, the SDS, which has been normed in 16 languages and is readily available all over the place. It's not difficult. Now, this provides us with six points of view, six silos, six categories, six subject areas, to six, to six, in which we can kind of divvy up work environments and personality types. The beauty is it's only six, not 600. So a young person can take this particular assessment. It's not difficult. There's a version for middle school people. And then find out at least a little bit more about how to organize their interests and how those might fit in a particular environment. That's a good sorting hat. And that seems to work out fairly well, even with adults. This test is probably going to be best if someone knows a little bit about their interests. Um, but it is a place to start and a way that educators, and that includes parents as educators, can start to say, well, let's look at this cluster or these job first cousins and then examine what they look like. And, and what is that all about? Do we know anybody in that? Oh, yeah, your cousin Mary's been doing that for years. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Well, no, we'll talk to the lady down the street, two houses down. She does that all the time. She works from when she does. Blah, 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 blah. And it brings a reality in that makes it palatable. Yeah, the storytelling and the talking to other people, as you said earlier, right, our parents can be, especially when we're maybe older, early adolescent and adolescent, um, not wanting to talk to our parents about those kinds of things. And so having those external people that we can connect with and be curious to um, may be better places to learn from, and they may be more open to sharing in a way that's not um, slated towards their perceptions of us. I think sometimes as a person that knows a child well, that can get in our way too. We self-select for them based on what we know about them, and we may not know as much as we think we do. And the assessments can help that too, bring language and bring out things that maybe even those that know the person well don't see. And sometimes there can be values conflicts that arise if that occupation is not held in esteem by a family. If it's out of their bounds, they've never seen it before, you don't know what it is, it can be very scary. And it's really important for a young person to stay safe. 
and this translates across cultures too. So um, in career work, sometimes we do work with parents because they have the emotional feeling that the world is flat and the ships will go off the edge. And I remind them, mm, that's not how that works because there's a fear. They want to take care of their young person. Um, and there is a cost to all kinds of trainings, uh, be it a huge bill or a slightly smaller bill. And there is time. Uh, and there may be disappointment or penalties if it's not a good fit. So this is a really big deal in many, many families uh, and help, getting some help. So uh, there's a publication that's uh, been out for uh, 35 years, which is called What Color Is Your Parachute? And now there's one for kids. So that's also a must read for parents to give them a sense of how to navigate this wild, wild world of making choices. Yes. What other resources would you recommend and how can people connect with you, Ellen? What other resources I would recommend is the best and the free source is your public library. People forget that. They have all kinds of stuff in there. They often have workshops. They have um, librarians. They are often able to direct to some online resources that a parent might not know. Our own U.S. federal government um, called uh, One Stop, called the Bureau of Labor Statistics, has a plethora of information that is all free, paid for by tax dollars. And overlooking that site is not good. There is a site right there for elementary and middle school people that uh, has been normed in several different languages. So it's a good free source. So I would be going with that. Excellent. And then how can people connect with you individually? Uh, your best bet is my website, which is careerconsultingconcepts.com. And there you will find uh, the kinds of trainings that I do, career coaching, mostly career counseling, um, and trainings. Uh, so that's probably the best way to see what I have been offering for a while. I am located on the East Coast of the United States, so it's Eastern time. So yeah, it's gonna get dark soon. Uh, and um, I'm on the site often. So I would say, just drop me a note and I'll put your thoughts into something that we can both handle. I also offer workshops and seminars. Uh, sometimes for career professionals who need those, but sometimes just informative sessions for people who are interested. And that's a good thing, too. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ellen. And I hope as people go into the, the holidays and are around more of their extended family and friends, they can think about how they might have a, an impact on their career or others by opening up the channels for curiosity. I love that. That's perfect.
Excellent. Well, we will come back here on the Career Confidant, but we're going to say goodbye to Ellen. So thank you, Ellen. And we'll be back here on the Career Confidant and talk a little bit more about how you might unpack your family's impact on your career and what you want to do with that as we move forward. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you are part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Ellen weaver Perquette about how you might unravel a little bit what happened between the connection of your career goals and ideas about career and your family and family of origin or those who had influence on you when you were young, as well as how you're influencing the careers of those around you who are young no matter what your role might be with those individuals. This is an interesting idea because I think most of us have an impact on our career choices from what our family was. So my parents were both, you know, quote unquote, government workers. My mom was a school teacher. My dad was a federal employee, federal government employee. And I always knew that stability, right? That stability of you get a job, there's a a paycheck, you know what that's going to be. But it's interesting because in my family, that wasn't necessarily a positive thing, right? You got three girls 
and uh, limited income, and there there was challenges. And when people think about the government employee and they think about stability, oftentimes uh, we may overlook that fact of yes, it's stable, but it's it's not necessarily the the largest income on earth. And so there was a lot in my family of you know summer school teaching to make extra money and um, other things that were going on so that we could do any kind of activities. And if you wanted to do that, you made your own money. And there's definitely awesome positives to that, but there were some negative messages for that to me as well. And I think about when I started at the university, I worked at Colorado State University and my my position was very stable. My income was very stable. In fact, I one day sat down and calculated exactly how much I would make when I retired because you got this percent of raise every year. And this was the ceiling for this type of role that I could see myself wanting to be in as an advisor. I could move up to a general professional three. That was the highest classification I would ever have as an advisor at Colorado State. And I could tell you when I was 60 what my my, what my earning power would have been. And there was something in that because of the messages that I'd received that was very negative, not the positive that many people would experience it as, right? And I, I loved what I did. I loved working with students, but I also could see that there was other avenues where I could do that, that would allow for more flexibility. I knew people in my world now that were entrepreneurs, that were doing trainings and doing teachings and doing things outside of their, their day job or as a business in, in and of itself. And so my world and what I thought of what career was, was expanded, but still those early messages had as an, had an impact on those choices that I made to go in and try something else and do something else. And I sometimes laugh with my mom now because I always told her I would never become a school teacher because she was always grading papers at all hours of the night. And now that I teach resume writing and career coaching, I'm grading papers. <laughs> I do have a team that helps, but you know, we're grading papers because that's what you do to, to have an adult learner, especially learn is to have them do things and give them feedback. And so I got I kind of chuckled that I ended up being a teacher anyways, but just in a very different way. Those messages that we receive as, as young people um, are very powerful. The thing that I missed for a long time in, in my personal background was that my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He owned an auto repair shop Actually, both of my grandfathers were entrepreneurs. My other grandfather ran, ran a, a farm and a bookkeeping business. And because their careers were not very visible to me, I didn't really know that or think about that or think of entrepreneurship as something that was in my background until I'd been an entrepreneur for a few years and my dad handed me a hat from my grandfather's auto mechanic business to give to my husband. And I thought, oh, well, that's quite silly. My grandfather was quite a successful entrepreneur. And I just never put those two pieces together because those career conversations um, didn't happen. And so finding those ways within your own world to pick apart where do those messages come from and what do you want to do with them now? Because if you aren't conscious of them, they may be directing you in ways that you're not aware of. And when you are conscious of them, you can pick them apart and see what you want to do about that now, what messages about 
that are helpful, what messages from that are not helpful, what piece of, of who you are do you want to connect to that family legacy and maybe a positive like my grandfather being an entrepreneur and what part of what you want to do and that family legacy may not be as helpful to who you are today and, and what you want to do with your life today. But becoming conscious of some of those of, of some of those messages is really the first step to just be conscious about what those messages have been. The overt as well as perhaps more, more importantly, the, the covert are things that weren't necessarily spoken. And what have what impact have those had on the careers that you've chosen today? And oftentimes what we get are messages about not necessarily what we can or can't do because those overt messages, people are pretty good about somewhat monitoring, but it's more the covert messages of what uh, careers do or don't match with some types of values. And one of the big ones right now is, of course, entrepreneurship or side hustles or careers that people maybe weren't aware of or weren't existing in the time that we were growing up. And the messages that we might be putting on to those different careers based on what they relate to in the current world or the fact that they didn't exist before. So is that real, right? Is that really a thing? <laughs> you may think that, you may hear that as you see some people talking about what they do. And that's that's an unhelpful message most of the time, right? Because something new provides an opportunity, not just for others, but for you. So yes, it is a thing. Let's find out about it. Let's learn about it. Let's see if it's a good fit for us and, and what that might mean. Um, this is a this is a while ago. So if you're just new to the show, you might not have heard this, but when we were having our career jam last year, 2021, November, one of our presenters, Larry Borier, talked about how an, an alarming amount of people, 60 plus percent of people who made less than $60,000 a year knew someone who had quit their job to trade cryptocurrency. Now it looks like, you know, maybe that wasn't the best idea, but that's a judgment from our perspective. It's completely possible that those people, if they were wise with their decisions and their money, may have made more money in just a few months doing that career than they had made in years. And if that is something that opened up a new skill set for them, or again, if they were able to save even some of that income, it could have been a very good decision, even though in the long run, it ended up not being perhaps a long-term solution. I met a woman last year about that same time who was coaching pickleball for her career. And my first reaction was, what, that's a thing, right? Someone's traveling around coaching pickleball and making enough money at it to travel, to, you know, she talked about having a husband and kids. So she's making enough money to have a family, provide for her family and, and travel and coach pickleball. And our 
initial kind of defensive reaction around that oftentimes is caught up in either one, not knowing, or two, some of these family messages about you've got to work hard, you've got to work a certain amount of hours, you have to have an employer, you have to have health insurance, you know, whatever those messages are, that may be good and true, and maybe not. There are things that we can examine and determine, is this something I still want directing my career decisions? Is this still a value that I hold? Is it something that I need to be considering? And then what does that new thing look like, even in terms of those values? Because perhaps I jumped to conclusions too quickly about how it fits with those values without learning more and understanding how it may be very stable, may offer some of those options, may offer some of those, those needs that I have, even though my first reaction is that it doesn't. So what is your career history story? What is your career family story look like? What are those early messages that you received about career when you were young? And how are they benefiting you? How are they holding you back? What do you want to do with those as you move into the next phase of your career? Because as Ellen said, there has never been a time where there are so many opportunities, so many options, so many things that you could do. And the ways that you decide what to do, go into that with your eyes open, knowing your values knowing what history has come before you so that as you walk into that space, you can really own those decisions and own your career and your career decisions moving forward. And then to also think about how you talk and what you do around those that you have influence over. What messages are you sending to them? And are those helpful for them? Are they spurring curiosity and possibilities? Well, a little healthy dose of reality, but without cynicism or lack of understanding to the way the world of work works today. Because our children or your nieces, nephews, grandchildren, friends, kids, whatever it is that you have in your life for dealing with young, younger people, the world that they work in will be worlds different than it is today, even more different than it was 20 years ago to be 20 years from now. And they will need the skills of being able to explore their own curiosity and to make their own decisions. And are we helping them cultivate those skills? We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, chat a little bit more about how you can navigate a career change today, despite the economic loom that we have. And are, will there be a recession? I don't know. But what do we do if we're thinking about a career transition and nervous about those economic challenges? We'll take a break and be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler hits on topics every week that affect small business owners across this country. They provide insights that show entrepreneurs how to reduce stress, wear fewer hats, and work shorter hours. Take your business from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are tuned in to the Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to the Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about how you can explore careers, how you can think about the impact that your family or other in, others of influence have had on your career decisions and how that might lead to both benefits as well as drawbacks in terms of your career decisions. The other thing that impacts our career decisions, our career aspirations, is what we read about the way the world is today and maybe in the future. So people read, you know, the robots are going to take over your career. This is going to be automated. That's going to move this direction. We may have a recession next year. Europe may be already in a recession. And so you think about all of these messages that are very similar to the messages you get from your family, but they're coming at you every single day, all day long. And depending on the news source that you read, they may be, you know, one direction or the other, one intensity or another, but you're getting these messages somehow, even if you don't read the news, but you hear other people talk about it, right? So we're getting these messages about what is possible right now. And we've got to walk a fine line with these messages because you don't want to stick your head in the sand and just go on with a career decision you wanted to make regardless. That might put you in a very bad place for six months from now. 
You also don't want to go off of the predictions and base your decision based on a prediction because that is just that. It's a prediction. And nobody has a crystal ball. Economists are wrong all the time. And so that is very challenging when you look at those predictions as well. I remember working with people in 2010 to who were thinking about changing careers. And in most of the US at that point, real estate had catered, right? Real estate was horrible. Nobody was selling, nobody was buying. It just was not, it was not a great career to be in. But if you looked at the Bureau of Labor statistics and their predictions for growth, they were all awesome, right? Real estate was growing leaps and bounds and would continue to grow. And, and it was just, it was off because it cannot adapt quickly enough to the challenges of the time. And of course, over time, those numbers probably ended up being correct because the market recorrected and people would, you know, started selling, started buying and, and real estate agents started doing well again. But if you were looking in 2010 and you looked at some of that data, it was very frustrating. I had people in, in my seminars that were very frustrated. They'd do that research and they'd say, you know, Marie, why is it showing real estate as this huge growing career with tons of job opportunities? Um, you know, that that's not correct. Well, over time, it probably was. If someone was really dedicated and that's what they really wanted to do, they could have made that work even though the career wasn't doing that well at the time because everything ebbs and flows, right? Thinking about what you want to do is really where you want to start. And then you add in the market the labor market research, because you want to have, you want to go into it with the eyes open. That doesn't necessarily mean that choosing something that quote unquote isn't doing well is a bad choice because things change. And here's the other thing about some of that data is that it will say there's going to be a large percentage of growth. Well, if it's a small field, a large percentage of growth might be three or four openings a year, right? If it's a large field, even a small percentage of growth could mean a lot of openings per year. So it's all relative and you have to dig a little deeper and it's very regional depending on what you want to do. It could be regional or it could be dependent on remote work and hybrid work. And is that a possibility for what you want to do? There's just so many factors. So start with an understanding of what you want to do. And Ellen talked about this a little bit in terms of assessments, interests. And you know, if you've been listening, you know that we've got our wise process. What do you want to do? That's the skills. Where do you want to work? That's the interests, the I and the wise. The, the skills piece is the S. And then why do you want to work? That's the values. What do you hope that work will bring to your life? What is it that you're looking for out of work? What do you want the environment to be like or the type of, of skills that you use that you exercise every day at work? Is How important is that to you? 
And when you've got those elements put together, then you add in your existing experience. That's the E because most of you who are listening, I guess, are, are somewhat experienced in the workforce and you don't want to start over. So how can you leverage that current experience while still getting a little bit more fulfillment, maybe by working in an environment that's a better fit, working with a type of organization that matches more with your interests, or by doing a little bit more of the daily tasks, the skills that you'd like to use in your job. And that's all that you're looking for. And sometimes it's a small move. So as you look forward to a possible economic challenge, remember, it oftentimes doesn't need to be a huge shift for you to find more fulfillment in your work. Start with a small move. One, it will be easier. And two, it might move you in a small move towards a bigger move you're thinking about, let you test it out, let you get there faster, and put you on the right track to get where you might want to go later. Look for those small shifts small shift in the type of work you do, a small shift in where you work, the type of industry or a company. Look for those small shifts that can move you in a direction that fits with your interests and your your motivations in terms of your values and skills. And then you don't have to take on as much risk And you might be able even to make that shift internally so that you have even less risk. Your company has less risk because they're not hiring from external and you have less risk because you're not making a big move in the light of a possible recession here in the U.S. And I don't know, be interested to hear from you if your or if your region of the world is is hearing of those, if you're feeling that pressure or if you're still feeling that more wide open feeling of being able to move careers and make some transitions and have that opportunity. I tend to be an optimist so that I believe that opportunity is still out there regardless of the economy. If you can find what motivates you, connect it to your drivers, your existing experience is how you leverage into that role How can you show that you're qualified and or taking on some additional efforts inside your company as a volunteer gig or as a side hustle to build those skills in the directions that you want to move? There's just so many ways today to put the pieces together once you've figured out what you're really looking for and what you want more of in your career. We'll be right back here again next week, helping you figure out what that more of might look like. And if you have questions or topics you'd like us to cover, you can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.